What up, what up, what up, how you doing? And you're welcome again to Kios Convos. I don't like saying you're welcome again, it actually looks too corny, right? But anyways. Do I have to say what up, what up, what up as well? <laughs> okay, you can, you can. No, 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 I won't leave that for you. It doesn't sound the same coming from me. <laughs> I don't think I can pull it off. Why, why, why does it sound the same? I'm just going to say hi. <laughs> okay, alright, cool. <laughs> Alright guys, what up, what up, you're welcome to use. I don't know why I'm doing this Anyways, okay Alright, I uh, hope the last episode that you watched was actually amazing and you learned a lot Like I told you, I'm going to be having guests uh, to talk about very interesting topics that you've never, I mean, that maybe bothered your mind or you've been thinking about as a Christian And today I have here with me, Ryan Killing. Uh, he's my pastor What up, what up, what up <laughs> Is a pastor here also in North Cyprus and yeah, he's also a missionary and one who trains a lot of ministers and send them to different countries uh, for them to preach the gospel, of course. And he's a philosopher. You're a philosopher, right? Yeah. Okay, he's a philosopher. I was a part of philosophy. Don't tell anyone. I was supposed to be part of it. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say He's a delinquent man. son. I'm not going to say anything, but anyways. Yeah, so I've learned a lot from Ryan and part of those... Uh, he's here today to discuss one very important question that we may have in our minds is, and it's a very, very important question. People ask this question, if there is a God, why then do people suffer? What kind of God would allow people to suffer? Why does God allow suffering? I'm sure you've had these questions many times on your mind and you've been wondering what's the answer to this. Why did God allow these people to die? Some people even say, why did God allow, I mean, order genocide in the Bible? And so many things like this. And it's one of the arguments that atheists have where they say, uh, there's no God. I mean, if there's a God, why would people suffer? So yeah, Ryan is here to talk about that. And today, he'll be doing most of the talking. I'll chip in at some point, but yeah, Ryan is going to do it. So Ryan, yeah, thank you. Alright. Yeah, it is an interesting question. It's a deep question. Historically, it has been probably the most significant objection to theism or the belief that there is a god mm. uh, and that's true for christianity as well you know one of the most serious objections to christian belief is uh, the reality of suffering and evil in the world mm. so this is philosophically it's what we call the problem of evil and there are many ways to formulate or to think about what exactly is the problem and um, i think it's helpful as many other philosophers do, to divide the question into two kinds of problem. But we're talking here about the, the problem of evil, and the question is how we reconcile a God who is all good and all powerful, mm -hmm. kind that Christianity believes in, mm -hmm. with the reality of evil and suffering. Mm -hmm. and how do we reconcile those things? So if we think of two different problems, on the one hand, there is what is called the logical problem of evil. Mm -hmm. And some philosophers have, over the centuries, um, tried to argue that God and evil are logically incompatible, that they can't possibly both exist. Mm. Um, and one way to formulate that problem is that um, to say that if God is all-powerful, he would want, I'm sorry, if God is all-powerful, he would be able to eliminate evil. Mm. And if God is all-loving, he would want to eliminate evil. Mm. So, uh, a God who is all-powerful could eliminate it. A God who is all-loving would eliminate it. And yet, evil exists. So, in that kind of argument, you are saying that, well, if God is all-powerful, he could. If God was all-loving, he would. And yet, evil exists. Therefore, an all-powerful, all-loving God 
does not exist. Mm-hmm. That's what we call the logical problem of evil. Um, and it, was, um, it has been popular at various stages in history. These days, that kind of argument is not as popular as the second kind that we'll get to, but, but, uh, but I think it's really important to give an answer to this kind of problem of evil. Uh, is the existence of God incompatible with the existence of suffering and evil? And I, I don't think that it is. In fact, I think it's very difficult to, um, to show that those are, in fact, contradictory. Uh, so a, a way that we can resolve the conflict, in fact, for this kind of problem, all we need to show is one possible reason why God might allow some suffering and evil in the world. Mm-hmm. And if we can show even one possible reason why God might allow suffering and evil in the world, then that logical problem of evil is defeated. Mm-hmm. And we've shown that it is not, in fact, logically, not logically contradictory to the belief both that God exists and that there is evil in the world. Mm-hmm. So historically, and I think... Um, personally, the response to that logical problem of evil that I find most convincing is a response based on free will. It's sometimes called the free will defense. And the, the, the basic contours of the free will defense are this, that in order to have a universe in which great goods like love, generosity, Mm -hmm. sacrifice, Mm -hmm. are possible, Mm -hmm. God has to give his creatures free will. Free will is what makes love possible, for example. You can't can't love if you're being coerced Coerced to do it. it. It's not love if I love me. Whatever happens, whatever you do after that is not not love, it's it's coerced. Uh, So love has to be free. And God is a being who loves in freedom. God is a being who is entirely free, a being who loves, who has intellect, will, and emotion. And God creates humans in Christian story. God creates humans in his image. He creates beings who have the capacity to to love, who have intellect, will, and emotion. He's making those beings in his image. God has those things, and so his creation is going to have those things. In fact, this is closely tied in Christianity to the purpose for which humans are created. God doesn't create robots. Yeah. And so you can imagine two scenarios. Uh, God could have created a universe full of robots Mm -hmm. uh, in which all of the creatures always did only whatever God wanted them to do. So an outward obedience with no possibility of rebellion. They have no choice in the matter. They're just programmed to do it. Like my microwave. You push the right buttons and you're going to get the right results as long as the microwave is functioning. And God could have created humans like that. Uh, little walking microwaves. But that's not what God's purpose in creation is. Yeah. And that's what introduces the complication of free will. Why free will makes this a much more complicated question than the atheist who wants to use the logical problem of evil realizes. Mm-hmm. So if God does not want to make little robots, and in fact God wants to give humans free will, he is now creating beings who have the capacity to love. Yeah. They can choose to love. And when, we, when we're talking about love here, it's important maybe to define what we, what we, what we have in mind. Love is not an emotion. There's an emotion that you can call love, but I think we're probably better off giving it a different name like infatuation or attraction 
Um, but um, love is a decision, it's a choice. Yeah. To will the good of another, I think it's a good definition of love. Yeah. Love is willing the good of another. It's wanting what's best for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, and God wants to create beings who have the capacity for love the way that God loves, beings who are free to will the good of other people and free to love God, then God has to give them free will. Yeah. Free will, then, necessarily means that these beings have the capacity to not love. Mm, yeah. They have the capacity to choose the opposite of love. They have the capacity for evil. Mm. So in order to create free beings who love, God creates beings who have the capacity for evil. Yeah. So in creating humans with free will, God is also creating the possibility of evil. The possibility of evil is a necessary consequence of the possibility of love. And I think that is a legitimate, philosophically sound answer for the question of the logical problem of evil. Yeah. And so I think it um, is that exactly what's going on, and is it the whole picture? I don't know. But in order to respond to this logical problem of evil, it's all we need. It's enough to say, this is a possible answer. It makes sense that if God wants to create beings with free will, then the possibility of evil is a logical result. And that explains mm -hmm. a possible resolution to the problem. It explains how a God who is all-powerful and all-loving can exist in the same universe where there is evil. Mm -hmm. So uh, that logical problem of evil, I think, is, is, is answered in that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, God and evil are not logically incompatible because of freedom. Because we have the freedom to choose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the case of the parents saying, um, you're free to do anything as long as it's what I want. Yeah. yeah. That's not freedom. Yeah. You're, not free. you're telling me, you're forcing me to take, make a choice. Yeah. So if I truly want to give you freedom, it means I'm also giving you the authority to do something that is against my will. Yeah. To choose something that do not I do not want, or mm -hmm. I do not ask you to do. So you, invariably, if God is saying that He's love, and we're supposed to love Him, then He's not supposed to coerce us into it. Yep. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that love can't be coerced. Mm -hmm. Sometimes love is complicated. So I, I think sometimes we aren't conscious of making a choice to love, mm -hmm. uh, but it is still free. Mm -hmm. So think of a, a parent and their child, and this is uh, sometimes a counter argument to this that is uh, uh, that's sometimes raised, is that uh, think of a parent and their child. A parent doesn't make their children love them, mm -hmm. but it does sort of happen automatically, and at least on a conscious level, it seems involuntary. Yeah. Uh, so uh, God doesn't force us, he doesn't coerce our wills, yeah. uh, but he gives us the freedom to love. Uh, and yeah, this is that, that idea that what if, I mean, it, is it possible that the reason we are actually able to not obey, the reason we're actually able to not choose love is not only because we have free will, but also because there's a kind of a 
metaphysical distance between us and God. Okay. That we don't see God fully, completely in His glory. We don't have an experience of God in His beauty and majesty at every moment of our lives, in our conscious experience. And, and if we did, maybe we wouldn't ever choose evil. evil. That's, a, that's a related question to the problem. We will get there in a second. But uh, that's, a, that's a, a, a question that's related to the, uh, an argument called the hiddenness of God, mm -hmm. or a divine hiddenness argument that has to do with uh, why it is that God seems at a kind of a distance from us. Not immediately perceptible to us. Or, mm -hmm. And that, that seems counterintuitive for God who is all loving and all powerful. Mm -hmm. Why would he do that? Mm -hmm. uh, but it, on this point, I think that it, um, it helps to explain why God would do that. Uh, because God is looking to not coerce. He wants that freedom to be real, yeah. to be a live option, for love to be a real option mm -hmm. that we choose. And uh, that means that there can't be outside coercions on our will. And maybe that even means that if we did have a immediate conscious experience of God in Tyrant. His glory and majesty, that we wouldn't actually have freedom to choose otherwise. Could that be the reason why, uh, no, I'm just, this is just me thinking about because I mean, the, the disciples of Jesus Christ, I mean, after seeing him on the Mount of Transfiguration and then having experiences with him, and they would just say, no, we'll give our lives for the mm. of the Yeah, it does seem like the more we have deep experiences with God of the kind that we have to seek out, mm -hmm. the deeper God's goodness becomes woven into our decisions and our choices. Mm -hmm. And I think that is related to how I would respond to that hiddenness argument mm -hmm. that God's goal is not just to make more people believe that he exists. Mm -hmm. God's goal is to encourage more people to seek him in faith. Mm -hmm. Where faith means more than just believing that God exists. Faith means believing and trusting. trusting yeah. So that's something that I have to seek out. Mm -hmm. And if I have to move toward God in that way, I have to seek by degrees and come to trust God by degrees, step by step, moving toward him so that I experience him more and more deeply uh, as I seek him, that seems to be in keeping with, it's compatible with what Christianity teaches God wants out of his creations. He wants yeah. a relationship. Yeah. Not just people who acknowledge passively, oh yeah, God, God exists, yeah. but people who seek him. And so maybe being removed a bit mm -hmm. actually encourages us to seek mm -hmm. more than it would be you the case yeah, if God were just there up in the sky, you know, yeah, shiny face in the clouds. Oh, there he is. Maybe that's, you know, it's, it looks like we'll take it for granted. Yeah, that's right. Maybe we would just take God's existence for granted. Maybe it wouldn't be the kind of thing that we see. Mm -hmm. and, and it may be more compatible with God's ultimate purpose for humans mm -hmm. that he remain at a, a level of hiddenness, mm -hmm. a, a level of, kind of metaphysical distance, mm -hmm. so that we have to see Mm. And that shapes our own souls, mm. and we experience God more deeply as a result, mm. and that transforms our wills mm. so that we want to obey little by little. Yeah. And I think that's an important aspect of Christian obedience, is that we aren't just trying to uh, muster up the self-control to do what we don't want to do and mm. not do what we really want to do, mm. but rather experience the transformation of our wills so that we want to do the things mm. that we're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, I heard, I mean, there was somebody who asked the same question, and yeah, I mean, I'm talking about where you said God doesn't coerce us, or doesn't make us, force us to love him. Uh, he says, why didn't somebody held a gun to somebody's head? And he said, why didn't he stop? Why didn't God stop the person from shooting a gun? And the, 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 the response, I think, was Rabbi, who gave was that 
if God keeps intervening at every action of man, then man doesn't have free will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the other side of free will is the fact that they are free to choose what I don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think that, that is a consequence of freedom. Yeah. It doesn't. Some people are afraid, not, that, that some people are afraid that that limits God's knowledge mm-hmm. or limits God's power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and theologically, Christians have disagreed on this question uh, whether. God has the kind of comprehensive knowledge of the future that includes comprehensive knowledge of our free actions mm-hmm. and whether it in fact is God who is determining the free actions free of action. people. Um, that's probably a question for another day. Yeah. I think it isn't actually freedom if it's God who is determining our free choices. Yeah. Um, if I, you know, I, I, I've got kids, and, um, you know, I can take the, the hand of one of my kids mm-hmm. and use it to slap the face of one of the other kids. Okay. Uh, uh, something you could do actually. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just hypothetically. Okay. I'm not saying that I've ever done anything like that. Okay. But hypothetically, if I were to take the hand of one of my kids and slap the face of one of my other kids with it, yeah. could I blame the kid whose hand was touched hand? the face of the other kid? No. No, it wasn't her. It was me. Yeah, it was uh, and similarly, I think uh, if we imagine God, who is the one making all of the choices, mm-hmm. then it's God stopping all the choices. God who's committing all the evil. All the evil. Yeah. And then we don't, have any, we don't have anything to account for or yeah. responsible for. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to the scientific determinism, I mean, where everything is hardwired. We just act the way we're supposed to act. Yeah, and that uh, the kind of view, the idea that if I could read all of your neurons, if I could open up your brain and, mm-hmm. and read accurately all the things that are going on in your brain cells, mm-hmm. then I could accurately predict everything that you do. will do. Yeah. Uh, but I think that also, uh, although I think freedom has to be real, Mm-hmm. in order for love to be real and then that means that freedom can't be determined I think um, that I, I don't think that means that God can't know in advance what his creatures will do I think it's possible that God has comprehensive knowledge of the future even comprehensive knowledge of the free actions of his creatures mm-hmm. and that he is not determining them yeah I don't think that those things are, are the same. I don't think foreknowledge equals determinism. Uh, yeah. He could know, but doesn't mean he determines it. That's right. Yeah. And and I, the fact that I know what uh, somebody will do, given different choices, doesn't mean I determine it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a, another philosophical topic, but I think there are, and there are good ways of explaining how that might actually be working out. Mm-hmm. How might it be the case that God gives us genuine freedom so that we can obey or not obey, and that God knows exactly everything that we will do before we do it. I think most of the arguments that people bring forward all the time is, is they bring kids into the picture. Mm-hmm. They're like, are you telling me that God loves, like we talk about love now, right? yeah. and then he loves us, he gives us freedom. But he loves us and yet he allows kids to die. Huh. Wars are happening and kids who are innocent. Yeah. Somebody was talking about how somebody who has been serving God and then they have cancer. A woman asked the question and she said, I, I, I pray to God to give me his heart so I can know him more. Mm. And then after those years, I got a cancer, I got this, I got that. Mm. How do you explain that? Yeah. Yeah, that, this is related to this second category. Mm. At the beginning, I said there are two different kinds of arguments. Mm. And the first one, the one we've addressed so far, is what we call the logical problem of evil. Mm-hmm. The yeah. idea that God's existence and the existence of evil are logically. Mm-hmm. And I think we've shown that that's not the case. It's mm-hmm. the, the existence of freedom, which enables love, 
is a sufficient response to show that the logical problem of evil does not succeed. God and evil are not incompatible. Hey guys, so sorry we couldn't finish that episode in the first one, so we had to, had to split it in two. So you'll get the completing or concluding uh, part of that discussion about evil in the next episode. But at least this first one has been able to point out, I mean, a very vital point about the logical problem of evil. And we have seen how man's free will plays in this part of evil. We also see the point of love. And without free will, there's no actual love. So I hope you will be able to take time to assimilate some of the points that were made in the previous episode. And maybe this one we just concluded. You watch it, listen to it again, and like and share. If you have comments, questions, send them to me again. But I'll give you the concluding part of that discussion in the next episode. So I'll see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful, wonderful time. God bless you.